Welcome to Love Rules, the radio ministry of Roxbury Presbyterian Church in Boston. My mom, Liz Walker, was Boston's first African-American television news anchor, but her most important job is what she does right now at RPC, preaching the good news about God's love. The Bible says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. How does that work? Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Love Rules. Today's message, already blessed. Our text is from Ephesians, the first chapter, the third through the 14th verses. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the richest of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all understanding and wisdom, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. That's actually a a sermon in itself, isn't it? (laughs) I love that. I, I read it because it just covers just about everything. It's essentially Paul's way of encouraging the first century churches in the earlier stages of development. Ephesians is a good reminder of our true identity. That's why you should read it all over and over. Now, this is called a circular letter. It was sent to new communities of faith in a number of cities. Unlike others, however, that Paul wrote, this one does not include any specific instructions on addressing internal problems. It doesn't deal with unruliness or gossip or the collection plate. It reminds believers of the bigger, more dangerous battle ahead, the one that must never be overlooked or forgotten. 6.12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The letter lays out the big picture of the faith journey. It is a spiritual journey, a spiritual battle. And Paul gives some practical points on getting through the battles what we can expect from God, and what God expects from us. When you think about it, we have some pretty serious responsibilities in participating in this Christian life. As a member of any church, you're expected to show up, to get involved in ministries, to give your talents, your time, your money. Paul says, here's something more, Ephesians 2, 19, 20. We are members of God's household. In that, we stand with prophets, apostles, Jesus himself, under that covering, the roof of God's love. That's, that's, that's pretty heavy stuff. You know, when you go to the Ritz or to an expensive restaurant or an expensive cruise or if you tour the White House, there's a certain expectation of us. 
we are to behave a certain way. As members of God's household, there are certain expectations. We have the privilege of connecting to some incredible people of faith. Hebrews 11, 33, 35, through faith, these are the people that conquered kingdoms, administered justice, claimed what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions and quenched the the fury of the flames, escaped death by the edge of the sword. God expects us, too, to live our true identity. We're not like everybody else. Now, we may not, you know, put out the fires of, of the furnace, but we have got to live up to God's expectations. And we can expect something from God. Paul tells us, chapter 1, verse 17, God, give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know him better. God wants us to grow in our relationship with him. We can expect that if we do our part, God's going to give us wisdom. I think about all the things that I, I want and need from this life before I go to heaven, and wisdom is right up there at the top because it allows us to make the best decisions, to take the right steps, and to really grow stronger in our faith. One of the biggest challenges in this age of advanced technology is, is there's too much information and not enough wisdom. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to you. The knowledge is based on experience or reason, but wisdom is a gift from God. Wisdom is the fitting application of the knowledge. Knowledge identifies the quicksand. Wisdom walks around it. Knowledge reveals the trouble. Wisdom gives you the wherewithal to rely on God and move through the trouble. So in this letter to Ephesians, Paul lays out all of these expectations, God's and ours, but he does something profound before he gets there. Paul wants us to know something that may be easily overlooked. And that's how he starts this letter. We are already blessed. Before you take a step, before you uh, take a stand, know this. You're already blessed. Ephesians 1.3, praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ We are already blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. What a statement. I'm so glad you're with us today. Here's a special invitation. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is marking 130 years of worshiping God and serving his people. And we want you to help us celebrate Thursday, September 29th at Mosley's on the Charles in Dedham. For ticket information, log on to rpcat130.org. That's rpcat130.org. We'll see you September 29th. We're already blessed. Now, you can ask any Christian, and any Christian will tell you, God can do anything. But we think of it usually as not yet. It's something to be accomplished, something that is part of our future. So our prayers and our thoughts and our actions are all focused on what God is going to do, on the possibilities that are before us. But this text is clear. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. The key to understanding this message is to flesh out this term, heavenly realms. God has blessed us in the heavenly realms. The Greek word is 
Eporaneus, Eporaneus, the abode of God, the spiritual realm. This is the realm where the spiritual battle we already talked about is being fought. And so there is both good and evil in this heavenly realm. The two most important things you need to know about this realm, the heavenlies, where this battle is ongoing, is that God has already won the victory. You see, so it really kind of plays with the future and the present and the past, but the victory's won. Just believe that. This realm is accessible right now to those who are surrendered to Christ. So think about it as not just this, this kind of a play on time, but it's this, this notion that you can be in two places at once. When you punch into Skype, you can be in two places at once. You're sitting in your bedroom, but you're talking to your son who's in another part of the world. We have a dual citizenship. We're right here on earth, but by the grace of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, our lives are also lifted beyond the commonplace. We are in the world, but we are also in the heavenly realms because we are in Christ. So we are in the, in the natural and in the spiritual, in Christ. We all have the benefits of knowing God, being chosen as his children. We have the benefits of forgiveness, gifts of the Spirit, the ability to do God's will, the hope of eternity, every possible blessing. Those are what those benefits are. All of these heavenly realities are ours right now through Jesus Christ. Now that means... We can live our best spiritual life right now. That happens when we totally submit, surrender to Jesus, and depend on Jesus. This is that point where we come to the end of ourselves. But we have to practice that. You know me, I'm always trying to give you a little news you can use. So how do we practice that, Reverend Liz? Well, try to look at life every day through God's perspective. Before we get into our challenges, and we know life is full of challenges, before we do anything else, we want to see life as God sees it. Now, we'll never do that perfectly, but there is this this notion that Paul prays about, that the eyes of our heart will be enlightened. That's not just intellectual clarity. That's moral susceptibility. That's discernment. That's understanding on a spiritual level. Look at everything, life's ups and downs, good and bad, through spiritual eyes, not just physical ones. That's vision. When you look at life that way, you realize that in all things, God works for the good of those who love the Lord and live according to his purpose. Now, doesn't that take a lot of pressure off you? In all things. But you have to practice the notion of looking at life from a spiritual perspective. And then the same thing goes for the second point I have, and that is you have to claim that divine power. Have you ever thought about all the power that Jesus passed on to his disciples as their divine right to heal, to exercise demons, to to raise the dead? Well, the Bible says we actually have the same power. You will receive power from the Holy Spirit, John 14, 12. He who believes in me will do what I do and greater things. 2 Timothy 1, 7. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power. So I want to claim that power and claim my blessings. And I'm suggesting that you can claim it too, because it belongs to us if we claim it. We have no idea what can be accomplished when we claim God's power, because it means that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that's the second point. And the third point, and this should run throughout everything else I've said today, 
pray. Pray often. Pray out loud. Pray in gratitude. Thank God that you're already blessed. It's not always a matter of getting God to move in your life. Sometimes it's just a matter of of thanking God for the blessing. You are blessed with divine perspective. You are blessed with divine power. And you are blessed with the privilege of prayer. That's really something. So you're already blessed. Just step into it. Thanks for joining. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, roxburypresbyterianchurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116.